Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we're back after a week of action. Uh, We kind of changed the last show up a little bit uh, with the Thanksgiving break. But the Ducks played three games since the last show. And they actually won two out of three of the games. A little dramatic fashion in some of them. So we'll kind of go over that. Um, We'll talk about some roster moves that the Ducks have made. Uh, The power play has improved, surprisingly. We'll go over that. Uh, We'll talk some fan questions. Uh, Manson returns as well. We'll get to that. We'll talk about Sprong and if he's going to get a chance. And plenty of league news. There's some more coaching news. We went into depth on that in the last show. You can go back and listen to that, but we will address that as well. And Taylor Hall, finally, it's over. And no, he did not come to Anaheim, which is what Eddie and I talked about. But we will dive into that trade. It's a little complicated uh, in the last segment of the show. But let's get to the games first. Eddie, the Ducks, they played Minnesota, Los Angeles, and the New York Rangers. They won two out of three. Not a bad week for the Ducks. Uh, a little dramatic fashion, I guess you'll you'll talk about here, but... Uh, in the game against the Wild, the Ducks came out. They got two goals in the first period. Ricard Raquel, Cam Fowler on the power play. Yes, we're going to talk about the power play a lot on this show and how the Ducks scored goals on the power play. You may be shocked, but it happened a lot this week. Um, but anyways, the Ducks bounced out. They got to a two-goal lead. Um, things looked good. The Wild were terrible in the first period. They only got one shot on net, which was kind of crazy. Uh, and, and then uh, halfway through the game... The Wild came back. They ended up getting a goal in the second period, a goal early in the third. Uh, The teams went to overtime. No goals were scored. And then in the shootout, Ricard Raquel and Max Comtois scored. And the Ducks pulled this one out. Uh, Eddie, this was a crazy game because the way it went in the first 30 minutes, you you thought maybe the Ducks were going to blow out the Wild. But as we've talked about before in the past, whenever this team gets a lead, it feels like no lead is safe. That happened in this game. They gave up the two-goal lead, but uh, they still pulled it out and got the two points in the shootout. Oh, yeah, and I was really happy about this one, especially my love for the Wild. And and being at that, that last 4-2 loss uh, um, a few months ago, that was really tough to watch. So I was glad that they were uh, they came in, or the Ducks, I'm glad they got the win. And like you said, it looked like they were going to just blow them out. That first period, they were just throwing shots everywhere on that goalie. And just you know, scoring two goals, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. Ducks are up two nothing, but then I'm like cringing in a little bit back of my head, like, okay, I, I know what happens when the Ducks go up by two goals. You know, just I, I just you know had that feeling, and of course the Wild would just claw their way back into it. They they settled the Ducks down. The Ducks just kind of pumped the brakes and let the Wild get back into it. Uh, you know, f- unfortunately for the Wild, you know, we had a guy named Max Comtois uh, come on in here and save the day with his red cape on and and score a beautiful goal, a similar goal that uh, his his linemate scored or his teammate scored. So that was pretty good to see them get that goalie to drop on two of the same moves and, and get him his first loss of uh, this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that was a big win, like you said. Their goalie hadn't lost uh, at all going into this season. And the Ducks were able to get, but you know, both those shootout goals were fantastic. I mean, the Ducks did awesome. 
uh, faking him out. Uh, he's you know basically being a rookie goalie, and Raquel and Comtois got him to kind of bite on both their moves and scored. And Minnesota couldn't score on either shootout attempt, so they didn't even have to go to third round. The Ducks pulled this out. So the Ducks got the win. Uh, the other good news is uh, we saw Josh Manson finally return. We talked about in the last show, we said, hey, he's going to return this week. And we weren't sure which game, but he you know, he came into this game against Minnesota. I thought maybe he would come in L.A. or New York, but he returned in this one. Of course, uh, Nick Ritchie went on the IR, unfortunately. Uh, but they swapped spots on the roster. And Manson had a pretty good game. I mean, coming back kind of rusty. You know, uh, it wasn't his best performance, but he he blocked a shot, had a hit in the game. Uh, you know, he was on ice when the Wild did score, unfortunately. But but for being so rusty, not the worst game in the world for him. And we also saw another fight in this game too. We talked about the Anaheim Ducks Fight Club on the last show, and the Ducks continued the trend. This was the third game now that they had a fight. This time it was Derek Grant dropping the gloves. So. You know, regardless of what's happening with this team this season, uh, you know, I, I know some of you out there are like, oh, the Ducks aren't doing that well. They're not going to play, you know, make the playoffs. I'm not going to watch anymore. But they've been playing some very entertaining hockey. And you look at this game, and like we said, there was a fight. They got off to an early lead. Yes, they, they lost it, but they came back and won in a shootout, which, you know, doesn't happen too often. It actually happened twice this week that they won in a shootout. And uh, they're scoring some power play goals. So, uh, to me, a lot of good takeaways in this game. I did feel the whole playing 60 minutes was another issue, Eddie, that we talked about. They really, after the 30-minute mark, uh, you know, the Wild kind of started coming back in the second period. Like we said, the Wild only had one shot on net in the first period, which was crazy. Crazy! After watching that first period, I thought, oh my God, the Ducks are just going to destroy them. But uh, in the second period, the Wild got 10 shots. They got another 10 shots in the third period. Uh, the Ducks didn't do bad either, though. They had nine shots in the second and ten themselves in the third. So, you know, the Ducks still came out ahead in the shot count. I felt they just got, you know, a, a little bit complacent after they had that lead, which we've talked about, and we're not surprised. And being a young team, that's kind of what happens. But overall, for the Ducks to give up that lead and then come back and still win, whether it's an overtime or a shootout, is a good thing. I mean, it, it, maybe they could have lost in regulation because the Wild were pushing pretty hard, but the Ducks were able to hang on. And, uh, you know, they had to hang on, too, in the overtime, Eddie. Uh, if you remember, uh, Getzloff got called for tripping, and the Ducks were down uh, four on three, and they really had to survive in overtime. So for them to kill off that penalty in the three-on-three -three session – then get to the shootout and then basically take advantage of a rookie goalie and win. Uh, yeah, overall, you have to say, hey, we came away with two points. We, we maybe didn't have our best performance, but on the road against the Wild, a rookie goalie, and uh, the Ducks came out. So, like we said, power play goal and a fight as well, Eddie. So, I know you you, you dislike the Wild, uh, obviously, but uh, uh, the Ducks, overall, not their best game, but you have to be happy with the outcome. Oh, definitely, definitely. Especially that uh, th that power play they killed off. They only allowed the Wild in that overtime period three shots. You know, Ducks didn't get any shots, but still, it still shut them down. And that's what really you know helped them get that extra point and win in overtime. Um, as far as uh, Derek Grant's fight in that game was the Ducks' twelfth fight of the season. That puts them over the eleven fights they had last season. So it's like the Ducks are, are getting up there, and and not just you know. 
the, they're playing that dirtier style, that dirty ducks, and it's allowing them to steal games and get the momentum at times to shift their way. So it's always fun to see. Another little note I wanted to talk about too is a Sam Carrick. Just he played in this game. He ended up getting an assist. This is his second assist he's had with the Ducks, dating back from last season. So he's played a total of eight games with the Ducks and has two assists. Not bad for the kind of role he plays. So it's good to see him work so hard in San Diego and then come up and get rewarded with at least a point for you know for his doing. So hopefully, uh, he, uh, he when he's up, he when he's up, he can get you know a goal. He hasn't scored a goal since he was I think with Toronto. That was a, a while ago, back in 2014-15 season. He had a goal and assist, so hopefully he gets one and gets rewarded for all the hard work he does for San Diego. And then, of course, missing his bobblehead nights. I know that was kind of really unfortunate. I felt bad for the fans over there watching the goals, too. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because he got called up on that night. And I remember people were like, wait a second, it's bobblehead night for Carrick in, in San Diego, and he's getting called up. And I'm just like... Hey, man, I just report the news. I, I I don't have any control over it. I, I thought that was crazy, too, myself. But, yeah, he got called up on, on his bobblehead night. So kind of unfortunate for the goals fans down there. But uh, another thing, too, in this game, Max Comtois, his first shootout attempt uh, in the NHL, and he came through. So that's another thing to t- uh, you know take away in this game. So either way, the, day, the Ducks came back. Like we said, they played a great first half, not so great second half. Survived the overtime, won in the shootout, uh, you know, overall got the two points. So then after that, the Ducks then shifted gears. They came back home. Uh, they played against L.A. Uh, unfortunately, I had to work, so Eddie went to the game with one of his buddies. And, you know, the Ducks lost this game against L.A. 2-1, to one, but they actually played a decent game. I mean, they, they outshot them by 10 goals. Uh, they had a lot of chances in the beginning of the game. Quick made some really good saves in the first period. Uh, Matt Luff gets a goal late in the first period, gives the Kings some momentum. The Kings also got a five-on-three power play in the second period, and Jeff Carter scores. Uh, then in the third period, the Ducks scored on the on the uh, the power play again. Here we go, right? Power play goals as we're talking about. And of course, who was it? Derek Grant, who we said should have been on the power play a long time ago. So he's been out there doing his thing. Um, and, and the Ducks, you know, they lost this game. I mean, it's upsetting because it's against the Kings. And obviously, we hate the Kings and we know you hate the Kings. But I, I didn't think they played that bad of a game. I, I really thought that they had some good chances. I think this game, they outplayed LA. I just think Eddie Quick really had a good night. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, Quick had to have one of his best nights of the season, a, a, a night when I'm there enjoying the game. Like, I think I'm 1-4 this season of being at games and Ducks uh, Ducks records. So I think I have to maybe not go as much to the Ducks games or some, or change something up. Wear, wear a different jersey or, or one of the Ducks and Pucks sweaters or something to change up the thing. But it was a really, really fun game to be at. The, the whole energy level and, and the fans are great. Like I know a lot of people complain about Kings fans. I, I, I got to hang out with a few of them, a few buddies I, I did know, you know, from playing hockey. Then one guy was dressed in, I guess, the King's robe, and I got to, like, split a beer with him and took a nice little picture. So that was fun. And, yeah, it, it sucked that the Ducks lost, but it's like one of those losers you can just walk away at a Honda Center with your head up. It's like, okay, they played great. It's just they they ran into a goalie that went back to his, like, elite form. That's what Quick was. Yeah, he's not that goalie anymore, but he just had one of those games. And – 
yeah, we saw a good little fight again when McDermott and Delorier went at it. Unfortunately, for this time, it kind of came back and bit the Ducks as the Kings got the momentum from that fight. But it was still a fun one to watch. You, you saw McDermott trying to uh, you know take off his helmet. And it seems like Delorier or the referees were telling both of them to leave their helmets on, which the fight they ended up coming off anyways. Uh, unfortunately, Delorier did lose that, that fight, but... Uh, Drew Doughty had some comments to say after the game, saying that you know it, it was a good, clean fight, and it's always good to see like the, the two guys battle hard that way and not have any you know injuries or anything resulting from that. And he he really believes that fighting belongs in the game, and it kind of stops people from you know from taking liberties at other players or has he called like you know other players being rats and going out and just you know chipping at other players. So. You know, that, that was fun to, to watch, and that was the Ducks' uh, 13th fight of the game, and that was Delorier's sixth fight of the season, and I believe you were talking offline. That's his uh, the league leading in fights, right? Yeah, now. absolutely. I mean, uh, Delorier has oh, six man. fights on the season. He leads the league. Uh, second is Brendan Lemieux. We talked about Lemieux last time on the on the podcast last week. So uh, Delorier, six fights, leads the league. He's 5-1 and one in fights. And it's kind of weird. All six fights have been at home. So I, I don't know if he gets motivated <laughs> at Honda Center with you guys cheering him on or what. But no fights on the road. All fights at home. You know, he actually was winning this fight in the beginning. He knocked McDermott's uh, helmet off first. Looked good. And then McDermott knocked his helmet off. Then it looked like Delorier kind of lost his balance toward the end there. And McDermott was throwing some more punches. So, unfortunately, he did lose the fight overall I, I would like to say that he won but he didn't you know we got to be real here so and like you said the Kings got a little bit of momentum there uh, but I, I thought the Ducks could at least force overtime they had some really good chances late in this game and uh, they just could not get the tying goal I mean they they still played LA tough you know and they just came up short uh one of the actually one of the best ones too was uh, Cam Fowler he had one where he beat quick and the puck was sitting there on the ice, and he went to tip it in. And uh, he, he, I don't know, you you could say he got hooked or maybe not. I don't know. But he his stick did get deflected a little bit. He couldn't tap it in. That could have been huge. The Ducks could have tied it up. Um, I really thought that they had some chances, too, like I said, in the beginning and the end to take control of this game. And they didn't. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks Fight Club, we talked about it in the last show, it rolled on in this game. <laughs> it was the fourth game in a row that the Ducks had a fight. Uh, so, uh, like we said, they're still playing entertaining hockey. I mean, I mean, if you're sitting there at home and you're like, oh, I don't want to watch this team because, you know, they might not make the playoffs, you're wrong. You need to go watch this team. They're, they're, they're playing fun hockey. Uh, every time I've gone this season, I've had a great time, uh, win, lose, or draw. And even when they're losing, they're not losing too bad uh, this season. You know, they may have had a couple games here and there. But, but overall, they've been playing okay. And, uh, you know, they had some chances in this one. Like I said, early in the game, Grant, Carrick, and Raquel, they had opportunities. But, you know, like you said, Quick, who struggled the season, somehow he rises to the occasion against the Ducks, which isn't a surprise. It happens sometimes. So that's that's kind of the gist of it. The Ducks also did send down Brendan Gooley right before this game, uh, which a lot of you commented on our social media that he needs more time and needs some work. And I... and uh, Eddie and I agree with you. Uh, you know, he's kind of been hot and cold this season. So they did make that one little roster move. Again, Manson playing in this game. He's also playing in the New York game. And ironically, you know, the Ducks then had that game against New York on Saturday, a one o'clock game, another early day game. And going into this game, 
The Ducks were 0-3-0 in these day games. If you remember, they lost a couple to the Jets and Boston as well. And, you know, you're like, okay, it's another day game. How, how are the Ducks going to play? And <laughs> the beginning of this game was completely terrible. So I was at this one. I actually took work off to be at this game. And the first four minutes, I was like, what the hell was I thinking? The, uh, the Rangers scored 10 seconds into the game. They then scored just about four minutes into the game. And you were like, what the F is going on with this team? Uh, they looked terrible in the beginning. I mean, they just looked like crap, for last, uh, lack of a better term. But the Ducks did uh, come back. And they actually ended up winning this game. Uh, the comeback kids. We don't even know what the hell that is anymore, right? And, and they, they, they came back in this one. I mean, they got down two goals in the first four minutes. And you thought, oh my God, the Ducks are screwed, right? Well, nope. Jacob Silverberg scores on the power play. Three games in a row with the power play. Here we go, right? So the Ducks brought it back to 2-1 to one and uh, at the end of the first period. Then in the beginning of the second period, uh, you had uh, Henrique coming out. Uh, 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 Lundquist, I'm sorry. Uh, coming out to try to uh, make, make a save. And he gets pulled to the side. And it's Silverberg that ends up uh, uh, getting, I'm sorry, uh, Goodbranson ends up getting a goal in the second period on an empty net, basically. And uh, the Ducks pulled it in, you know, within two. Uh, then at the beginning of the third, New York scored. They went up again uh, by a goal. It looked like the Ducks were toast in this one. It looked like, you know, maybe they weren't going to be able to pull this off. Ducks get a late power play. What the hell is that, right? Lindholm gets his first goal of the season. And it's tied 3-3 three to three in a regulation. Ducks go to overtime. They don't score. They go to another shootout, right? We talked about the second one this week. It looked like New York might pull this one out. They had uh, Zinajad. He got a goal. And the Ducks were down to Andre Kasha. He scores. They go to another round. Silverberg scores. And the Ducks win this one in a shootout. And it's just crazy, Eddie. I mean, the Ducks looked like they were dead in the water in the beginning of this game. Like I said, they get that power play goal by Silverberg. Lundqvist gets out of position. Branson basically gets an empty net goal in the second period. I joked about it on social media. Everybody was laughing. But this was a crazy game, Eddie. Um, I mean, it just looked like the Ducks were going to get destroyed in the beginning, and they came back. Kind of like the Minnesota game. It looked like they were going to blow out the wild, and then they had to fight it out and win in a shootout. Well, here it looked like New York was going to destroy the Ducks, and they were able to force overtime and then a shootout and win, Eddie. Uh, to me, I thought this was a huge momentum win because the Ducks didn't play well in the first period and they were able to pull it off. Oh, definitely. Take away those two power play goals and, the, the, and we're talking about a whole different game. It, it, we're, we're sitting here talking about a 3-2 loss and then we're, we're complaining about how the Ducks aren't scoring on the power play. Those power play goals are huge. It's really good to see the Ducks been capitalizing on them this coming up week. And, and that's an improvement. That's what we talk about. Yeah, we understand that this season's kind of up and down with our emotions and, and how the Ducks are playing and, and how they're not playing. But like I always say, I just want to see them improve. I want to make see them grow and start and start developing their game and getting that swag and, and you know fixing those things so they can be a better team come next season and the following season after that. Yeah, we're still in a, a rebuild slash retool. No one really knows. It's it's the argument of Ducks fans now. It's like which one you want to call it. It, it doesn't matter what you call it. Though, like I said, I just want to see this team improve and. Those two power play goals were big. Uh, Lindholm finally getting a goal. Hopefully that starts firing him up and he starts 
getting some more goals and points. He used Comtois as a nice little screen right there in Lundqvist and just buried that puck. And he was part of the first power play goal too when he just uh, ripped it from the blue line and Silverberg ended up getting a piece of it. Gabranson, oh man, what a goal. It's like Merry Christmas Gabranson. <laughs> like he just... It's funny because I think that puck hit someone's leg and which went perfectly right to him. And you had a Gabranson, as big as he is, drop down to one knee and fire that puck and get it past Lundqvist on an empty net. It was just really fun to see. It was a good game. And I'm glad the Ducks, you know, clawed their way back into that one. And they're going up against a, you know, pretty much top-heavy team, a, a way better team than, than what, you know, what they are. So it's good to see them battle it out and get those two power play goals. That's really important. Uh, unfortunately, there is no fighting this game, but I can't get too greedy. We already have 13 on the season. I'm Yeah, I want a few more, but at, at this kind of game, they didn't really need that. And I'm, I'm glad they just stuck to how they were playing, changed up a few things, and you know, got back in this game, ended up getting the win. And, and it's funny to note, too, uh, in that the Minnesota Wild game, it was uh, Comtois with a little backhand. And then you have uh, this game uh, come now. You have two more backhands to get, you know, that result in goals from a shootout by Koshche and Silverberg. So it's like I think the Ducks should stick to their backhands on these shootouts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, you had Comtois, Kasha, and Silverberg uh, delivering the shootout. And, and what the hell? The Ducks got two power play goals in one game? What the hell is that? That's never happened this season. And the Ducks got three power play, uh, at least you know one power play goal, but in, in three games. I mean, what the hell is going on with this team? So now they're scoring on the power play. We'll talk about that in just the next second. But uh, what a great win for the Ducks. I mean, you get down early. You're down 2 nothing. We talked about this. We talked about the Ducks getting down by multiple goals and how they fold most of the time this season. Uh, they get down by one, they can fight back. They get about, uh, down by two or more, they they usually are just screwed. They, you know, you're like, okay, they're down by two, they're going to lose. And they don't. They come back, uh, you know, they got a little bit of momentum. Silverberg scored that goal on the power play in the first period. Uh, Lundqvist gets out of uh, position, uh, you know, in the beginning of the second period. Branson gets that one, like you said, shooting from his knee. We'll take it, right? His second goal with the Ducks this year. Uh, hell Yeah. I mean, they, they came back. And then even then, they got down 3-2 to two early in the third period. You're like, oh, boy, here we go again. Nope. And uh, the Ducks were able to, you know, come back. So, I mean, that's that's huge. And like I said, the Ducks are still entertaining. If you're not going to the games, yeah, if you're definitely. not going to the games because they're not going to make the playoffs, shame on you. They've been playing much better hockey as of late. They're scoring on the power play. There's fights in the games. Um, they're not giving up when they're down. Uh, or when they give up a lead, they're still fighting it out. This this team has a lot of fight in it. And like I said, maybe they won't make the playoffs, but whatever. I They're, they're still playing, and, and it's been fun uh, recently. So they came out, and they won two out of three this week, right? Fights in a couple of games, four power play goals in a week, right? I mean, what, what the hell? I mean, we haven't seen four power play goals like most of the damn season, right? So... Uh, good stuff all the way around. So we'll break it down now. We'll talk a little bit about the Ducks again in the middle segment, uh, some of the things that are going on. And then, of course, we'll shift gears. We'll talk about the league news in the last segment. So real quick, if you haven't, uh, you want to sign up for uh, patreon.com slash Ducks and Pucks. We give away game tickets and a $200 gift card to Cool Hockey. Uh, we hope you would get a Ducks jersey with it, but you can get whatever jersey you want. We don't limit it. Join patreon.com slash ducks and pucks. Sign up. And uh, like I said, every month we give away game tickets 
and we also give away the uh, the gift card and you can also get some other stuff as well so check that out so in this middle segment as we do usually we talk about the ducks and what's going on the biggest news has been the power play if you didn't obviously hear us talking about it for all these games but you look at the month of december we're only halfway through it right the Ducks are 5 for 16 on the power play, just over 31%. That's phenomenal. And like we said, they've scored power play goals in the last three games. So you're probably sitting there going, well, why are the Ducks doing better on the power play? Well, Eddie and I are going to talk about it. So <clears throat> part of the thing, we've mentioned it on the show before, we said get Grant on the power play. And lo and behold, he scored one of those power play goals. But more importantly, we said get him out there because you need to have somebody in the net. Well, what the Ducks have done too is they've changed up their strategy. If you remember before looking at it, the Ducks kind of went with the 1-2-2 strategy. Well, they kind of had the puck towards the side of the net. They had kind of one guy down low, two guys in the middle of the ice, and then two guys in the point. That didn't work, obviously. We all know that. They've shifted more to the 1-3-1 uh, mainly with Grant in front of the net and then whoever else on the other team as well. But it's mainly been Grant. If you've been watching the power play, he's been putting his booty right in front of the opposing net and doing his thing, which has been working out, obviously, for this team. So they've shifted that uh, a little bit, uh, and it's paid off, Eddie. I, I think some of the ob- observations you wanted to weigh on, I'll let you do that too right now. But overall, I mean, 5 out of 16 isn't bad. Two goal power play goals in one game, they haven't had that. Uh, a, a lot of good things. The Ducks are getting it done on, on the uh, the power play, at least in the month of December. I know it's only been a couple weeks, but hey, maybe Santa came early and gave us some power play goals as gifts. I mean, I don't know. But uh, you look at the way the Ducks are playing right now, at least finally now on the power play, you're like, hey, we have a chance and they may score, Eddie, and they have. Oh, yeah, it's, it's been fun to watch. And, and once that puck gets on their stick, they're just letting that thing go. And, and they're having those guys in front. It's, they're just causing havoc in front. You can't see when Grant's in front of you. You have Comtois just it, it, right when they get in the zone. He's just crashing and racing right in. And he's he's being used as a screen, too. Like, even though he's just skating to the net initially, he, that goal was caused by Comtois being right in front of uh, Lundqvist's path where he couldn't see anything. So that's been really fun to watch. It's glad to see that Grant's getting some power play time. He's having a fantastic season. Yeah, he has only one power play goal, but he's contributed to a few of the goals that have been scored. Even though it might not show on the scoreboard, he's still doing those gritty things that you need and you want those people in front of the net. So it's good to see the. Hopefully, he gets some, you know, a little bit more goals like on the power play just as a reward for all the hard work that he does and all the grit that he brings to that power play and how it helped it kind of, you know, get a little better. But I, I hope the Ducks just keep continuously doing this. And, yeah, sc- you know, I'll scream it. Shoot, shoot, shoot the puck. When you have an open lane or you have, you know, a goalie where you can't really see eye to eye to him, obviously he's being screened. Just, you know, use your big boy slap shot and take it, uh, you know, shoot it on net and good things will happen. I always say that. I look at Silverberg's, you know, tip-in power play goal. It started off with Lindholm just teeing it up from the blue line. So it's been fun to watch. Now when the Ducks get a power play, it's like, Okay, we have a chance now. It's not just okay. Let me go get a beer. Let me go run to the restroom because like nothing's gonna happen for two minutes. Yeah, I mean it's been a complete change. And like you talked about, yeah, Grant has one power play goal. But look at the Ducks' leaders and goals this season. You have Silverberg at twelve, Getzloff at ten, and then Henrique, Raquel, and Grant at nine. So like we said, get him out there. Uh, you know, Raquel only has one power play goal. Henrique doesn't have any yet. 
Silverberg's got three. Getzloff's got two. So so get those guys out there. Silverberg, Getzloff, and Grant. Get them out there. They're going to score. Fowler, too. He, he's got a power play goal as well. So th- finally, the power play's picking up. Obviously, it's still at the bottom of the league because of such a bad start with October and November. But it's on fire now in December. So the Ducks have picked that up at least. So that's some good news with this team. Uh, <clears throat> some other things, too, is uh, the Ducks are working on defense. That's kind of been the big thing with uh, Dallas Akins lately. Um, he talked about that in an article on The Athletic, if you want to go check it out. But he said, quote, If you're better defensively, if you're more responsible, you have the puck more. And if you have the puck more, you'll score more goals. Basically, that's like the whole old saying, defense wins championships, right? So they're focusing on that with this team. And so far, uh, for the most part, it's worked. Uh, like I said, they had a little bit of a lapse uh, in the beginning of the game against the Rangers. They had a you know a little bit of a lapse in the third period against Minnesota. But if you look at the Ducks defensively, they're not playing that bad. They're actually playing decent. Of course, the biggest thing is we got Lindholm back a, a little bit recently, and now you got uh, Manson back as well, and and that's huge. That's been a big thing for the Ducks. Um, the only thing that, that did happen uh, this last week before these games come up where they go on the road trip is the Ducks did bring uh, Larson back up and then send Mahura down. So that part's a little confusing for me, Eddie. Uh, I hear what Dallas Akins is saying, but Mahura's played pretty well where Larson's kind of been inconsistent. So I'm not really sure what's going on with that move, but uh, that, that's kind of what's been uh, going on lately. I don't know if you have anything you want to weigh in on that one, why that's going on. But as soon as we posted that, people were like, what the hell? Larson's coming up? Manson's going down? And I agree with all of you out there. I, I don't, I'm don't. i really not sure why that's happening. But uh, if the Ducks want to continue playing good defense, I, I think they should keep Larson up. Uh, what do you think, Eddie? I'm sorry, Mance, uh, Mahura. I'm sorry. <laughs> too many M's, yeah. too many L's. <laughs> no, um, the only thing I can think of, and I'm not really sure about the about the official rules right now. I have to go back and double check them. I don't have them off the top of my head, but the expansion draft's coming up, and maybe they have to have him play a certain amount of games for him to be eligible for the expansion draft. And maybe that's one of the players that they don't mind losing, or they think that that Seattle might try to pick up, you know, then try out until they have to lose someone else. That's the only thing I can that would make sense to do that. I can't see otherwise, or are you vice versa? Uh, you, you see a potential in Mahura, and you don't want him to to play the, those amount of games where he has to be, you know, I guess exposed to the expansion draft, and the Ducks will lose him when they 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 spot something potentially in him that that you know he can be a maybe a top four, maybe a, if not a solid top, you know, a bottom pairing. So that's the only thing that would probably make sense and why they're doing that. If not, then, then I don't know. And that's just them just I guess flipping a coin each day, like who really gonna you know bring him up, send him down. Uh, that that revolving door that that Stinson's uh, thing with Bart Stinson standing at the burlesque <laughs> house and having the dad go in and out. I, I don't know. That that's the only thing I can probably see the guess uh, why they're doing that on, on that aspect of it. Um, I wanted to just go back to the Kings game. I want to give a shout out to Sammy. He's the in the in host or, or the, the in arena host guy. Uh, such a really good guy. A great guy. Great. Yeah, he's just so positive and energetic. He, he came down to our seats. 
he was hanging out with us toward the end of the game. He's just a, a really good guy, really passionate. He loves this team and loves what he does. So I just want to give him a shout out. If he's listening, you know, thank you for following us and listening. And thank you for, for everything you do. It just, it's been fun having you. And, you know, really thank you for coming and, you know, making that night even that much more special and better. Like, you know, going to the game. Yeah. It's like, oh, damn, walking out of there losing. Yeah, I still had my head up high because they played well. But then having you just, you know, hanging out with Tim and just getting to know him a little bit. It was, you know, icing on the cake. I think what put the cherry on top of it was I actually ate one of those uh, those hot dogs from the outside, which I don't like to eat like foods like that, that I don't know where they're coming from. But at that time, uh, I guess I was uh, too many beers in where I didn't care. I wanted one of those hot dogs, but they weren't that bad. And I didn't get sick. So, I mean, it's a win-win for hey, me. Hey, bacon-wrapped hot dog. <laughs> Who You can't say no to that, right? Yeah, but he put a lot of mayonnaise on it. That was still only like made it really unhealthy. But I don't know. I always hear bad stories about like street vendors, like with food and stuff. So it's like I don't, I don't know. I just get paranoid. I, I don't want to eat something and then I'm sick for like man week. mayonnaise. I'm sorry, I don't do that, Eddie. Maybe that, maybe maybe that's you, my man. I just take I take the hot dog with some ketchup, maybe some mustard, and the and and the bacon. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I, I well, we we had a, a language barrier. I didn't speak Spanish. I know my, my last really, name, really. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think I think you know more Spanish <laughs> than I do, Mike. Yeah, I know some of the cuss words. So if you guys want to yell at me at games of cuss words, I know what those are. So you know what to yell. Yeah, at me. I actually do <laughs> know a little bit. Not not a lot, but I can get by. That that's pretty funny considering I'm I'm the white guy in the show. <laughs> All right, but anyways, yeah, I mean, Sammy came down too when um, I was at the game before that, and he was nice. He talked to us for a little bit, so, um, you know, he's been doing a good job as well uh, with the Ducks, uh, like you said, in-game or in-arena entertainment, so. Yeah, I got kind of mixed up on that too. No, it's all good. Uh, The only other thing really is uh, there was another article about Sprong, about him coming up. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to weigh in on that, Eddie. It seems like he's kind of been in like NHL purgatory, I guess. He's like stuck with the goals. He's not really coming up. We talked about him maybe being traded down the road. We talked about Taylor Hall, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, what do you think about uh, Sprong? I know we got a lot of people that message us all the time, like, "Hey, man, is he gonna come up? Like, he's doing pretty decent. Like, are the Ducks gonna give him a chance?" and and they really haven't given him a chance. So, I mean, what do you think about him? I think it's really unfortunate. I had high hopes coming into the season that he would, you know, he, he would kind of fill into that top six role, maybe or solidify himself on that third line and, and get some of those those nice goals, those angle goals that we saw him. He, I, I kind of reached that potential. But unfortunately, he couldn't. We had a, a lot of the younger guys that, that stepped up and, and kind of, Pushed him aside, and he's down there in you know San Diego now. I, I'm not sure. I, I believe he uh, if he comes up, he has to go on waivers to get sent down. I, I believe that's what's kind of the hard thing about that if you bring him up. But I don't know. It just it seems like he has some value to, to him. And if the Ducks aren't gonna you know bring him up or have them in their future plans, and then why not trade him for some assets, especially that he still has that value and he had, he does have 17 points in the 22 games he's he's played. And he leads San Diego. Uh, in points and uh, so he's he's doing pretty good down there and i think he 
I, I think he accepts the role that he is down there. He's just there to play hockey, and, and hopefully when he gets his shot, he can make it count. But it just seems kind of kind of a waste just to have him in San Diego when, when he, he can play up in the NHL level. And I don't know. It just, it's really unfortunate for yeah, him. Yeah, and you're right. He's not waiver exempt. So that's part of the issue. If they do bring him up, he doesn't work out. They have to send him back down and pass through waivers. So maybe that's part of the issue of why they haven't done that, where – you know, they've got other players, like we've talked about, uh, Troy Terry, Max Jones, things like that, where they can bring those guys up, you know, back and forth. So th- that may be part of the issue. But, you know, for now, the Sprong fans are going to have to hang out. I mean, it would be nice to see him up here. He's He's been playing pretty decent in San Diego. So, but uh, with that, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of go to the third segment uh, with a lot of the, you know, news going on around the league. I guess we'll start with the big one. We kind of called this one, Eddie. A lot of people were talking about Taylor Hall. What would happen with him? Where would he go? We said, hey, he's not coming to the Ducks. And it finally got resolved today as we record the show. He ended up getting traded to Arizona. Kind of a crazy uh, deal, I guess, the way with some of these conditional picks. Uh, But Blake Spears and Taylor Hall both went to Arizona. Uh, Nick Merkley, Nathan Schnarr, and Kevin Ball went to the Devils, plus two conditional picks. I'll kind of let you talk about that part. It's a little confusing. But uh, overall, that's where he ended up going. I was a little surprised about Arizona. I I know they're up and coming. I thought maybe he wanted to go to another team. Not that Arizona doesn't have a chance to go far. I mean, they, they obviously, I think they have a chance to make the playoffs, but... I kind of thought maybe they would go somewhere else. We we talked about how we were pretty sure they weren't going to come to Anaheim. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, what did you think, Eddie, about the trade? Uh, and then you can also dive into the uh, conditional picks because there's just a lot going on with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't to Anaheim because I still want the Ducks to, like I said, find their identity and who they are and, and build themselves as a team before they go out and get big-name players just to kind of squeak in the playoffs or barely, you know, barely make it or whatever um i was really happy that he didn't go to colorado because i followed him too and i had a lot of people hitting me up when he did get scratched in that game versus colorado and i just think it's it's a big price to pay for a rental player and yeah you know um it's just it's a it's a big ticket to pay it's a gamble for arizona because yeah they're doing well this season but you don't know if they can sustain that you don't know if the the two capable number ones they have are gonna you know keep playing that role come deep you know uh come march and if they do make the playoffs with that inexperience they do have as a team not being in the playoffs if they're going to go far as far as those picks the first round pick is a top three uh protected pick so if i guess if arizona you know or if that if that's like uh, in the top three rounds and it, it switches to next year's pick not this year's um this is where it gets kind of confusing the third round pick will become a 2021 second round selection if Arizona wins, uh, if they win one round in the Stanley Cup playoffs or if Taylor Hall re-signs with Arizona. But that third round pick in 2021 will become a first round pick if Arizona wins a Stanley Cup playoff round and if Taylor Hall re-signs. So it's, you're initially giving, you know, you could be giving away two first round picks for this guy and... I, I, I don't know a lot about the other rookies they gave up. I do know about Kevin Ball, not related to Alonzo or whatever, LeVar Ball, that crazy guy in that Ball family. Totally different. But, um, yeah, he he was like one of their top 
their top picks and the, kind of their, their top prospects. He's a big kid. I think he's like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he's a big defenseman, and he um, he skates pretty well for his size. He's not known for his points, but he's doing pretty well with the Ottawa 67s. So that's the only thing I know about him. But I think that was one of their big things, that not giving up him. But they ended up trading him, and, and they felt that Taylor Hall – can help them and, and they might think they have a chance to resign. Hall said he doesn't really want to resign still right now, but he's open to it, you know, before July 1st, but right now he just wants to go and play hockey and after being scratched a couple of games and having all 30 teams, 31 teams being a rumor mural about him, it's I think it's a big ease off his shoulder just to, you know, meet up with his new team and just start playing hockey and not have to worry about, you know, getting traded for <laughs> until this, you know, like, well, he, there's no protection on him. So if, if, the, if the Arizona Coyotes just tank by the trade deadline, who knows if, if he'll be available. But, you know, I, I don't think this team's going to tank. They, they, they look pretty good. And they have some solid pieces. So it's, I mean, congratulations to the Coyotes and their fans. They're psyched about it. And I really hope it works out, just not when they play the Ducks, but I hope other, you know, definitely when they play the Kings in the Pacific. I hope that works out. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, the Coyotes are doing pretty well right now. Obviously, they're first in the Pacific Division. It uh, doesn't mean they're going to translate into winning the Stanley Cup, but I mean, they're having a good season. They went after Hall. Uh, of course, that's going to give them some added oomph, too, to their team. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, the Golden Knights are right on their tail. The Oilers and the Flames are tied, uh, at least at the time of this uh, podcast. So uh, it's going to be a fight. And I mean, I think that gives them a little bit of edge in the Pacific Division race. Will it translate into them going deep in the playoffs? I, I don't know. Um but like you said, I, I don't think the Ducks wanted to give up that much as far as draft picks or co- conditional picks and things like that. So I'm okay with the Ducks not trying to go after them. Uh, like we talked about, we thought maybe Raquel or Silverberg would have to be involved if the Ducks did that. Uh, I'm not willing to, to, to do that. you know. So uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how Arizona pans out. Um, like we said, they, they're playing pretty good right now. Um, they're sitting up top of the Pacific Division. We'll see how they, they pan out. Uh, you know, they're third overall, basically, by points uh, in the Western Conference. But uh, interesting. That was one team I didn't think that he would go to. I thought maybe the Blues would be a spot that he would go to, or maybe like your team, the Avalanche. I mean, both those guys are fighting it out for number one in the Central Division. So I thought that would be a landing spot for him. So a little bit of a surprise, but obviously it doesn't help the Ducks, of course. Uh, as they're fighting it out with the Kings for last place in the Pacific, right? As we talked about. So that at least is done. We we mentioned it. We said that he wasn't going to come to Anaheim. kind of knew that. And uh, we'll see how Arizona does. Uh, another thing we talked about on the last podcast was all the stuff going on with the coaching issues in the league. Um, things that happened. Um, how uh, Beckman addressed it. They have a hotline now for players to call if some kind of abuse is going on. Um, they changed a lot of rules. They set up a lot of different things. And then the news this week, I guess, was really confusing, Eddie. The Dallas Stars fired their coach. And they said it had nothing to do with abuse and all that stuff. Uh, you know, Dallas has been playing pretty well this season. They're they're in the mix, too. They're only a couple points out of first place in the Central Division. And we really got no clarity on this situation, Eddie. Yeah, that, that was really that's a shocker, and it has nothing to do with 
the recent allegations uh, that that are being you know talked about right now in the National Hockey League. Nothing racial, nothing illegal. Uh, uh, there's no criminal investigation, so it's just you, everyone's just speculating on what it is. It's just they just came out of nowhere and like, okay, that he's gone and you know what they for unprofessional conduct. Okay, well, what did he do? It was so wrong that you had to fire him. It, it could be something to do with alcohol, but then you have like a substance abuse programs that uh, players and personnel can can attend if you know if they choose to, or maybe it was an alcohol problem and. And you know what? He didn't want help, and he just wanted to just deal with stuff on his own. Uh, maybe fraternization. He just—I—I I don't know. I'm just speculating, like everybody else. I—I I know it's none of our business, but then again, it is because we all follow hockey, and us to that report on hockey, and we had nothing really to go on. That's what leaves everyone just to speculation, and and when you leave people to speculate, everyone just thinks of the worst, and you're kind of just. Everyone's just kind of throwing this guy under the bus. It could be something just not that bad and just like, okay, whatever. And I don't know. If I were him, I, I would probably be the first one to want to talk about it just to just to get it out in the open. So, you know, it doesn't come out and it's just like, oh, we had to find out from so-and-so and this and that. But, I mean, no one really knows what happened at this point and everyone's pretty tight-lipped. But, you know, hockey world is a small community and I know it's going to come out sooner or later or later or later. Um, I wish him if it wasn't anything, you know, too bad that he gets any help or anything that he needs, uh, and he can just move on from this. And I hope you know the fans and the stars organization they can just bounce back for whatever happened and they can move on and have success. Minus when they play the Ducks, of course. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of crazy. I mean the way stuff is now on social media, uh, it's hard to you know keep something bottled up like that. So. I'm with you, and I hate to speculate. It's not fun to do that. They're not talking about it. They're kind of keeping it under wraps. But you have to think it's some kind of thing that has to do with alcohol or drugs or, or some kind of, you know, something. I don't, you know, it's just it's just hard to say what it is. But if it's not related to this whole abuse thing that's been going on with coaches and players, that takes a lot of stuff out of it. Because as soon as the league announced that they were addressing it, the Dallas GM came out and said, hey, we're firing him, but it has nothing to do with that. Well, it doesn't leave you with a whole lot of stuff. So it has to be something of that nature, um, maybe some kind of affair. I don't know. I, I hate to say that. I, I, I don't know. But uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, Dallas has been doing decent. You all know Corey Perry's over there. They've been playing pretty good hockey this season. Um, so it, it's not performance-based, obviously. It's not any kind of abuse situation, but to me, the the way that they handle it, it's kind of weird because they also said it was not criminal. So, I mean, is it some kind of civil issue? I, I don't know. It's just kind of frustrating because it leaves you to wonder and nobody really knows. Uh, at least the masses don't know. Obviously, somebody knows because that's just how it always goes. So... We'll see what happens in Dallas. I mean, it's kind of a weird situation. They've been doing pretty well, and then they get rid of their coach over something not abuse-related. So uh, we'll keep our eye on that. We hear something. We'll talk about it. Um, I think the next thing we can kind of – did you have something, Eddie? Oh, no, I was going to go into the next thing. I was going to say, well, you know, we do have information on a coach that was fired. I think it was the first firing for performance yes. case. The San Jose, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah, the San Jose the San Jose Sharks head coach got fired for their lack of performance. 
it, I, it, it sucks to see someone get fired, but it was good to see that it was just hockey-related and not related to anything that's going on uh, as a recent. Yeah, if coaches deserve to get fired for some of the things they do. That that's Yeah, that's on them. They, they deserve it. But this just got kind of, you know, it just got annoying. And it's just annoying to see all this just keep coming up every week. So I was kind of glad that it was basically uh, just hockey-related and why he got fired. And and the Sharks have a, a, a good team, and they're, they have pretty much a stacked team. They're just not performing well, and the, and it's all on their – and it's overall as a team, but their goal, the goaltender situation has not been well at all. Jones is not playing that elite level, and, like, he, he just – he seems like he's just declining. And it's – it's I mean, I, I don't want to feel too sorry for them because San Jose, one of our rival teams, and I don't really like the Sharks either, and their fans annoy me, but it just – it was good to see a coach finally get fired for performance. I know it's kind of or lack I, lack thereof. I know it sounds bad to say. I just thought of like, oh man, maybe we should have our producer edit that out. But no, I know, right? <laughs> but I think the fans that you know, know exactly what I'm talking about, though, because I'm sure a lot of you listening are just tired of hearing all that. You know, the other stuff too. Of what's yeah, going on. exactly. I mean, it, we don't wish anybody to get fired, so don't don't throw sticks and stones at us and anything like that. But but <laughs> what Eddie's talking about is like, okay, a coach got relieved, and it didn't have to be part of this other craziness that's going on with this abuse stuff and the things that the league has had to address. It was actually based upon performance. So not not that we wish anybody to lose their job, but it was based upon yeah, how the sharks are playing and the sharks are only a couple points ahead of the ducks and what's crazy is you look at the pacific the three teams at the bottom are all the california teams like what the hell man the sharks the kings and the, and the ducks are all at the bottom but who do we blame we got to blame I, I, know, I know i know who who are we going to blame I, I don't know but the beer prices yeah that yeah the beer there. prices right that that's always crazy uh, all the sporting events everywhere. But, yeah, so that happened, too. Some more coaching stuff going on. Uh, but these last two with Dallas and San Jose having nothing to do with all the other stuff. Um, we know what happened with the Sharks. We get it. Dallas, we don't know. We'll, hopefully, we figure it out. We'll talk about it. Uh, we're talking about California teams, Eddie. We might as well talk about L.A. Uh, we did mention this before, but the Kovalchuk thing is now completely over. They booted his ASS out. Uh, they terminated his contract, Eddie. Oh, yeah, we all saw this coming. We were just waiting for that, you know, just that deadline to get the bonuses paid out. And I think we saw this coming when you got first signed. So now the question is the Kovalchuk sweepstakes. Who's going to take a, a risk on signing him to a, a, an NHL team? And, I, and I'm guessing he's he's going to sign a team that's, that's up there in the standings that has a chance to win, you know, a Stanley Cup. So I think him, you know, not being paid the what he was being paid for LA, he's definitely not going to get paid that unless he goes back to Russia, which is still an option for him. And I, I, I think he does have a deal in place if he decides that he wants to go back to Russia. But I think he would fit in with the, you know, a team that, you know, maybe a bottom, you know, the a, a, a third line, uh, yeah, uh, probably on the third line, maybe a second power play just to tap, take all the pressure off of him and he can just kind of play hockey and get back to, you know, scoring goals like he's supposed to be paid to. But, yeah, that, you know, we all saw that coming, so it's finally coming to an end. And I, I doubt anyone's going to take a chance and, you know, claim him off waiver so his contract will be terminated and he'll have, you know, whoever he wants to sign to and it's up to him if, if it's going to be in the NHL. If not, he's going to go back to Russia. So um, 
just to stick with the California teams, we do have one more uh, news I want to talk about. And I probably should have brought it up earlier, but I want to congratulate, uh, congratulate Don Wright, the former uh, national anthem singer for the Anaheim Ducks. She sung the national anthem for the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm glad to see that she's back singing. I know she's spending taking like time spending with her family. I don't think she's doing it full time. She had posted on her Twitter that, you know, that was an amazing day. She got to sing the national anthem. So it was good to see her voice, you know, back on track and she's able to sing, you know, that song so well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's unfortunate uh, the issues she had with her throat. And of course, we wish her well. Uh, it's good to see her get back out there and sing uh, the national anthem, even if it's not for the Ducks, but just to do it in general. So we wish her the best. Uh, as far as we wrap up uh, the show, we got a couple more things left. Eddie, I think you want to cover um, talking about Toronto and Philly and Buffalo in here, and then we'll kind of wrap up the show um, for this week. Cool. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and run uh, run through this list real quick. So Toronto, Freddie Anderson became the fastest European goalie to reach 200 wins, the fourth fastest in the NHL. If you guys don't remember him, he used to play <laughs> on the Ducks. He was a you know a decent goaltender. So hopefully it don't trigger some of you guys to start oh, that, that no, debate Oh, no, Eddie, look no. what you started. Uh, it's going to be that Gibson-Anderson oh, debate man. again. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. We have Gibson. They have Anderson, regardless of how you feel. That, that's the way it is. So congratulations to him, regardless. Uh, Philadelphia's Oscar Lindbaum. He was diagnosed with the with the rare cancer, uh, Ewing's sarcoma, something to do with like the bone tissue and things like that. So he's out uh, indefinitely. He's getting that treated. So we wish him all the best of luck to him and his family, and I hope he has a, a great recovery and and he beats it and he comes back and, be, and he's able to play again. So it's really unfortunate to see that happen, and we wish him all the best. Uh, I know I joke about, you know, referees getting hurt. Referee Tim Peel is out with a broken ankle. He's out indefinitely. And I know I joke about it and stuff, but, you know, it's really unfortunate. I, I still hate to see it. And I, I hope he has a speedy recovery, too. And, you know, and like I said, don't take a lot of things I say serious when I joke around, things like that. I know, you know, some people get bent out of shape and might take my sarcasm and take it, like, literally. But, no, it's just things I say like that, it's just this is for, you know, shits and giggles. Uh, Buffalo, another defenseman's asking for a trade. Zach Bogosian, he's requesting a trade out of out of the Buffalo Sabres. So I don't know what's going on with their blue liners. They're wanting to play there, but no, I don't think he should come to the Ducks. We should stay away from that. And that's that seems yeah. That's gonna wrap up the league news for this. Yeah, week. Uh, with Bogosian and Buffalo, uh, that's a hell no. If any of you out there are thinking we want him. He's getting paid, you know, five million this season. UFA next year, uh, no, and he's not doing that well this year. Okay, he's got three assists, uh, and he's in, played only in ten games. So obviously, he's there's some stuff going on over there, and we don't want any part of that. Okay, we got Manson and Lindholm back. We're not going to worry about that. So we have Gabranson on our, our bottom pairing and he's he's good at where he, he is and he's he's doing well in that exactly in that I, I think the one last thing we should maybe talk about too uh eddie is bob morales asked us about the delay a game penalty the ducks have kind of gotten screwed on that lately uh we saw that in the game against the rangers where it looked like they should have had another power play late in the game uh, i know it didn't go against them but bob asked us we can kind of finish on this as far as the league goes uh, you know, and they, they meet and they confer every year about changing the rules. As far as the delay of game penalty, do you think that that should be a challengeable play? What do you think about that, Eddie? I don't know. I might hit or miss because it, 
I mean, I want to say yes, but then no, because I don't want teams to take advantage of it, and I don't want it to be called against us, and it got overturned, and it, it ends up going on another team's favor. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's it's one of those things we should just leave alone for right now, unless it becomes a, a serious problem where it's happening, you know, like frequently. But I, I don't know. I, I right now I say just just leave it how it is. You know, don't change too many things all at once. Let us marinate on some of the new things, and then slowly you can start inserting new things minus the no fighting thing because i'll never be for that <laughs> yeah absolutely i think for me i would like it to be a challengeable play but my issue with it is when the puck uh is shot out of play obviously the puck is black it goes against the crowd it's hard to tell if it is or not so I think even if they did make it a challengeable play which i am for i don't know uh, how many times that would be overturned or not. I mean, it has to be clear-cut. I, I just think it's very difficult because once it gets above the glass, if you don't see where it is after that, it's very hard because most of the time against the crowd, Eddie, it's usually a black type of background. So, I mean, to me, it's hard. And yeah, the Ducks have kind of gotten screwed on a couple of those lately, but I think a lot of teams kind of have you know issues with those delay game penalties, whether or not they should be challenged. Honestly, for me, the thing I don't like, I don't like challenging offsides. Uh, I, that's not a thing I like. I, like. We saw that one with Fowler, was so close with his skate. And, 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 and the issues with that really irritate me because they're like, well, was the skate on the ice? Was the skate not on the ice? Well, to me, if the skate's not on the ice, but it's still not past the blue line, to me... That shouldn't be offsides. Offsides is when the body is completely past the blue line. Whether the skates above the blue line or on it shouldn't matter. And we're getting split in here so much on the offsides stuff. To me, they uh, shouldn't challenge delay a game and they shouldn't challenge offsides anymore. I, I, that's just that's my take on that. I just we've seen so many times. It's not just the Ducks around the league. We've seen so many offsides challenges. Where they're talking about, well, the skate was on the ice, or the skate was not on the ice. To me, it's just ridiculous. I, I think unless the players completely pass the line, the blue line that is, that then it should count. I don't really. I mean, if his foot's in the air above the blue line, then technically the body's not completely over the blue line. And and again, you may sit there and listen to me and go, no, you're wrong, Mike. I get it. But the bottom line is, we're all splitting hairs about this, and we shouldn't be. So. I don't think they should challenge the delay of game so much, and I don't think they should be able to challenge the offsides. I, th I think both of those, they're just too grave an area, and, and the game is so fast that they should just leave them alone. That's my take, Eddie. No, I, I agree with you. I, I'm I, I, I'm not one of those people that, that likes to challenge for off, offsides because every challenge I watch, it's always different. There's not one set standard where, where they go by. It, so it's just like, and I, I'm not just talking about just, just, you know, watching the Ducks games or watching the Avalanche play. When I'm bored, I watch other ones and I'm like, okay, that's not offside. And then it is offside. Are then, oh, no, uh, that's good. And then it's offside. So I'm like, okay, now I'm split because I've seen one game where it was good and now it's no good. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not really a big fan of that either. Definitely not a fan of, you know, the whole delay of game, you know, challenging that. 
and definitely not a fan of if some of you guys are you know getting your gears twisted. Well, maybe we should change the color of the puck. No, leave <laughs> the puck alone. Stop changing up the game. Don't add any sensors. Don't add any laser lights to keep the block the, the that puck black with the little logo, and that's that's fine. But don't change that up. So don't even get the gear twisted. Next week we have our our fan questions. Well, what about changing the puck? No, no, no. We're addressing that right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I mean it's just to me the whole thing about challenging. I think is good on some aspects, but. To me, the challenges should revolve around goals. They should revolve around if the puck's kicked in, if it's thrown in, uh, there's goalie interference, those kind of things. And those things aren't still 100%, but those involve goals being scored. Specifically, the offsides thing only comes up if a goal is scored. If there's no goal scored, then they don't challenge it. So... That's hit or miss. That's why I don't like the uh, the whole offsides challenge. That thing drives me nuts. I think it should be only involve the actual play where the puck goes in. You know, is it hit with a high stick? Is it kicked in? Is it thrown in? Goalie interference? Is, is the post knocked off intentionally? You know, all those kind of things. Anything centering around the crease, players in the crease, all that kind of stuff, I'm all for it. If it doesn't involve that, I, I'm not a big fan of it. That's just been me. I, I just think it's kind of overdone. So um, that's our take on that. Uh, you know, the Ducks this week, they've got several games. They're going to play Philly and New Jersey on the re- morning well, games. Well, yeah, afternoon, afternoon games, games, right? Too. Those two are afternoon, right? And then we talked about the Ducks. They finally won a day game against the Rangers, right? Well, they're going to go to, to uh, New York. And guess what? They're playing the Islanders on Saturday at 10. And then they're playing the Rangers on Sunday at 930. So what the hell? They got two more early games. I mean, they got a lot of early games this season. They've already played four games around uh, I'd say I guess 1 p.m. or earlier. So now they got two more. So it's gonna be kind of crazy. So we'll let the Ducks play these four games. We'll do a show before Christmas, uh, so you guys can enjoy that. And then we'll try and figure it out after that when we're gonna have another one. Um, they are gonna go um, home for a couple games after Christmas and then to Vegas. I will be in Vegas for that game. I am crazy. My wife and I are going to Las Vegas for New Year's, and we will be at that game. And I will cheer. We better yes, see videos. I will cheer like crazy because Vegas fans are nuts, and they and I might come out of there getting my butt kicked. I don't know, but the Vegas fans are pretty rowdy, so uh, we'll see what the plan is. Like I said, we will have a show before Christmas, and then we'll have another one. It might not be till the New Year. We'll see because I'm going to be in Vegas for several days uh, out there checking it out. But we appreciate everything uh, with you guys listening and whatnot. Like I said, check out Patreon.com/slash Ducks and Pucks. Uh, we're also going to be posting some uh, discounts for the Ducks and Pucks sh- um, shirts and sweatshirts and hats. Uh, that's on bit.ly slash gear, and we'll post that out there as well with a uh, discount code, so look for that. So with that, uh, keep watching the Ducks, uh, entertaining hockey as we said, and let's go Ducks.